Welcome to Mother Puckers, the first and only podcast for hockey moms by a hockey mom. And that's me, Julie Bardownski. Episode 53. So I'm reading up on podcasts. If you haven't uh, ever done any research on podcasts, there's uh, apparently a magic formula that here I am a year and a half later, finally figuring out or learning, I guess, because, hey, you know, life's a learning journey. We're always learning. The first thing is consistency. And listeners, I have not given you very great consistency. It was not easy starting a podcast, getting hit by the pandemic, not being able to be out meeting all of you hockey mamas and spreading the joy that is mother puckers as well as learning from you and bringing you consistent guests and interviews and things that I wanted to share. So it was hard. Then we, you know, start opening up and life got insanely busy, not just with hockey, which in and of itself has presented all kinds of new roads of opportunity in front of us. But also just, you know, all around life, because who knew when you were locked down, how you would go into that primordial brain of seclusion and hermititis, and you didn't want to talk to anybody and you weren't back, you got, got out of that habit of getting out and about and doing things and just running the grocery store was like, huge, because that was the only thing you did the entire week, the only place you went ever was the grocery store. Or I remember the very first quote unquote meal that I did not cook was sometime in June. So we're thinking March, April, May, June, you know, middle of June. And I had a smoothie from Smoothie King and I can still taste it. It was like, it's like we were all mole people living underground and we were coming out and seeing the sunshine again. And I re still remember the first taste of that smoothie. And I think I was on the phone or I was texting with my girlfriends and I told them like, oh my gosh, I just had a smoothie from Smoothie King and it was amazing. So here we are, you know, almost a year since that first sip of the smoothie. And in our world, we've been pretty lucky Hockey only really stopped for that three-month period. We were able to really continue a normal hockey life for the most part. And so that was a huge blessing, obviously. I mean, all of us have these kids who are so active and want to do things. And we've got one kid who's literally three kids wrapped in one from an energy level. I mean, my parents nicknamed me the blonde blur when I was a kid. And I just ran across a picture of him when he was about five or six, I think. And literally in the picture, he was, he was blurry because he was moving. And I said to myself, well, I definitely passed that nickname on down to my kid who is blonde blur 2.0. So having the outlet of hockey for us was just tremendous. Of course, he and I kept up working out at home during the months that we were stuck here and playing street hockey and all that good stuff. And I'm sure you all have similar memories of your time to my Canadian friends. Just keep plugging away, keep plugging away. If you've got that opportunity to get out and get that first taste of a smoothie 
and relish it all by yourself in your car with nobody else in your family around you. And it was something that wasn't made with your own hands. Try, try to do that for yourself, even if you have to order it to your house and go sit in your bathroom by yourself and eat it and drink it. Mamas, you need your sanity. You need that time. I just, I talk to some of my Canadian friends like almost every day. And I just can't believe uh, what they have to go through up there. I'm sorry. We're thinking of you here. We're thinking about you everywhere around the world that's listening. I know I've got listeners in several countries and anybody else who's going through that still lockdown time. There will be a light. There is a light. If not, just come on to Nashville. Just come on down. Hang out here. So we've got good things going on. Speaking of Canada, one of my friends up there told me that it was 100 degrees. Okay, 30 degrees Celsius. I think that's what it is. I think that's what they said. And I made them recalculate it out for my Americanness. 100 degrees in Toronto in May. Holy smokes, people. But I guess that also leads to why the Toronto Maple Leafs are so hot right now. Seems that I'm going to win that bet against Amy Jones from last week of that because they're leading at three to two as of today the canadians are coming back but we'll see we'll see what they have coming up and um well i shouldn't really matter when it is because in podcast world days are not the same as when you release as to when you do your recording okay back to the things that i'm learning about podcasting and what is important so consistency so one of the hardest things for me is finding guests. A lot of that's because I don't have a lot of time to do outreach. I am asking you listeners because you have given me so many good things before. What do you have for me for good hockey moms, good uh, stories, good, you know, uh, people to reach out to that you think would be great for me to interview ideas, please. I need you share it with me, Julie at motherpuckers.com. Remember mother puckers is M U T H E R. They say the other tip is good sound. Well, I know I have that covered because when you're married to a musician who is a complete audiophile, you are given the best equipment. So I've got a good check mark in that one. And hopefully you all agree in whatever listening format you're listening to me on. You also can hear the great sound. I even have a full, full setup here and um, it's great. So it's wonderful. Building a community. That's the other thing, mamas. We have such a great community. Look at what we do and look at how we support each other. I know that there's all kinds of Facebook groups and it's really funny because one of them has unite at the end of it. And whenever someone posts something and other people disagree or they make their opinion, other mamas come in and they say, this is a unite group. We're supposed to support each other's choices, but you know what? It's okay to think differently and it's okay to express those different opinions because that's how we as mamas learn. How, how, how in the world would we learn anything if everything we were told already was in line with what we were already thinking? I mean, it's not how learning works. So let's build a community. I don't care if you agree with me, if you disagree with me. I don't care if I agree with you or disagree with you. 
but you know what? I will respect you as long as, yes, there's a condition to my respect, as long as you're respectful back and um, have that same open mind attitude. That is just a really great way to think about it. So my format has always been, you know, my my little diatribes at the beginning. That's the fourth thing that they talk about that's important is your format and being consistent in that format. I've always had my my you know weekend updates, you know, things that have been going on, whether it's in my world or others or the world around us. And then I have my interview and then my little, you know, recap at the end. I think that works because that seems to be how the majority of podcasts, specifically hockey podcasts, work. Now I was doing some research on hockey podcasts. So I'm gonna save you all a bunch of time here. There's a lot of really good ones out there. There's a lot of podcasts out there for hockey. Every NHL team has their own podcast. Every college team has their own podcast. Heck, every NHL fan, every NHL team fans have about eight podcasts. And then there's, you know, the the large national format podcasts for the NHL. The NHL is so well covered. It's fantastic. I love it. And the the thoughts here for Mother Puckers is focused on youth hockey. And for youth hockey, there's really not that many podcasts. There's maybe five that I have found. And they're great. All of them are great. I've had the co-hosts of the Hockey Think Tank on. They're wonderful. And they they share a lot of great information around youth hockey's more so on the technical side, you know, for players and player development and coaching and that kind of stuff. And Topher and Jeff are just fantastic, great topics that they that they share. The other ones are are also, you know, really, really good podcasts, but there's not that many. And look how massive our youth hockey world is. There's millions of youth hockey players around the world. So that means that there's millions of you mamas out there who are taking care of those little players. So when little Jamie wants to do something new in youth hockey, or you don't know a path that you're going, where are you going to turn? Well, if the answer wasn't mother puckers, then I'm not hitting these four areas of what's important in a good podcast very well. So, so again, share with me, what do you like in your podcasts that you listen to that I could bring to mind? So I'm trying to get better, trying to grow all this, all, all of this is learning for me. I'm only 53 episodes in and I'm still loving it very much. And I want it to be the best thing that you listen to all week. So there you go. Consistency, sound, community, and format. So I'm going to work on number one, which is consistency. And I ask you to help me with number three, community. And that is by sending me your story ideas, reaching out to me on Facebook at Mother Puckers, M-U-T-H-E-R Puckers. I'm also on Twitter and I'm on Instagram. I'm really bad on the Instagram. I'm better on the Facebook and the Twitter. So I hope to bring you good nuggets of things that you don't get anywhere else because I'm living this ladies. I'm living this right next to you. And I have the good fortune of having the front seat to a really fun hockey player show, which is my son. And I'm learning so much through him. And the thing I'll share with you right now that I want to talk about was the USA hockey national development program. 
for my Bambi mamas, this happens, this starts at 14U. And what happens is there's, you have your districts, right? But you have your affiliates and your affiliates is the lowest common denominator where you go for all of your bylaws, all of your rules, all your regulations, everything that happens within your organization. As long as you're an organization that's part of USA Hockey, and I don't know many that are not. So uh, you go to the affiliate tryout and there be a good 200 to 500 kids, depending on what affiliate in the country that you're part of. And they go through uh, three to four games where they put the kids out there and it is purely an individual effort. It's not playing hockey. And that's hard um, for a lot of kids. Like my son really struggles when it's supposed to just be an individual uh, way to go because he's such a team player and always working for the team. So uh, if you have a team player, you have to kind of guide them and tell them, hey, you got to kind of break down your game, first period, second period, third period. It's kind of like tryouts. You know, you've got to showcase different things in those periods as you go through the tryout so that the evaluators can notice you. And if you drift, they're going to notice that even bigger than if you don't drift. So keep moving your feet. That's the number one thing in hockey, giving your full effort. So um, so, but then for the kids who are used to running it up the ice and keeping the puck themselves, it's great opportunity for them to showcase, um, showcase that because the evaluators will see them doing exactly what they're trying to find are those individual diamonds ready or, di uh, what is it? What's a diamond before it's a diamond rocks, rocks, those individual rocks before they become a diamond. Once you make it out of your affiliate and it's only, it's only a couple dozen kids to, you know, 50 to 200 kids based on where you live. Minnesota has a ton. I think that there's like a thousand kids that go through the USA hockey or Minnesota hockey affiliate tryouts for uh, districts and then for the nationals. So you, once you get out of that, that affiliate group at 14U, you go on to the district and then that district brings about all the kids from all of the affiliates that are within that district. So the number, the couple of dozen that got out of, out of the affiliate is going to be multiplied by however many affiliates you have in your area to go to your district. So it could then ramp up to being, you know, a hundred to 200 kids at that district. And it's the same format, but they especially, they, they call it the Sunday game. So you'll play game Friday, a couple on Saturday and from there, they break it down to the, to just two teams making it out for the Sunday game, which I love that. I love it. The Sunday game. Once you get to the Sunday game, you then get selected at 14U to go to a national camp. And I think it's held in Ohio. Somebody's going to have to check me on that. I don't have a producer to say, hey, check on that. But that camp, then they, the kids go to that camp and participate in skills combined games as they continue down their path. Starting at 15U, they go to the National Festival, and that's upstate New York. And thank goodness upstate New York has opened up because it is going to be held there this year. So the 15s, 16s, and 18s head up to New York. Now, why is this important? Well, USA Hockey is looking for the top kids to potentially be the 20 kids out of each age group that would go to the National Team Development Program in Plymouth, Michigan. 
Those are the best. Those are the cream of the crop. Those 20. Those are the 20 kids who play with the USA logo on their jerseys and compete in international competition representing the United States at ages 17 and 18. And it's, you know, very prestigious, very amazing thing. And and starting at 14U is when they put your name on the map. And we all know so much changes from 14 to 17. So they keep looking at those kids from 14 to 15 to 16. And they look for that consistent player who continues to improve and continues to exhibit the qualities that they're looking for from kids who are going to be representing the United States of America. They don't just look for uh, your game. They're also looking for the person behind the game. So it is very much part of this process because again, you're representing the United States of America and you have to be able to be a team player because that team is what goes on for all of that international competition um, and competition in uh, North America throughout the regular season as well. So that's what the USA Hockey National Development Program looks like. So for you mamas who have this dream for your kid, and it's okay. It's okay that you had this dream because your kids don't know yet. They don't know enough yet. But if you've got, if you can picture your kid wearing that USA logo emblazoned across their chest and playing the red, white, and blue for their country, oh my goodness. Well, that's the path that you need to start investigating and making sure that you know when those affiliate tryouts are held and that you make sure you get little Jamie out there, showcase all of his skills to do this and her skills, his and her skills to go out and do this. And the girls follow the exact same process, but they hold their uh, 15, 16 uh, camps and festivals up in St. Cloud. So they go through the exact same process and they go up to St. Cloud um, for their national festival. So that is what it takes in the United States of America. Next week, I will talk about what it takes to go in Canada to play for your country. And we'll move along from there to some of the other countries to figure out how do they get all of these teams that represent at the Worlds and the World Juniors and um, the IIHF competition. So there's some big shakeups this week at USA Hockey. <laughs> while we're talking about it. So, oh boy, where do I even start? I think the first thing to note about um, the changes at USA Hockey is that uh, Jim Smith will not be running for re-election. He actually is a defendant in a lawsuit that's based upon sexual abuse and potential cover-ups by USA Hockey President Jim Smith, while he was president of AHAI, which is the Illinois affiliate of USA Hockey. So going back to those affiliates, there's more defendants in that suit. This all all Andratus sexual misconduct and all of the horrible things that he did to players and still under investigation, still open, 
if you check out the athletic katie strang has been covering this for the past couple of years it's been going on since the 80s we'll uh we'll have a more in-depth conversation about this but some of the fallout from that means jim smith says he's no longer running for re-election some of the others uh lou viro who's the director of special projects won't be back kenny roush director of youth hockey and the american development model manager won't be back kevin mclaughlin assistant executive director of hockey development won't be back all of these are stated for budgetary reasons now each of those positions are very important so i can't imagine that they're going to just let those positions go by the wayside so who knows what's going on there one of the big ones is ron de gregorio is leaving his position as chairman of the usa hockey board if you guys have not if you don't know who ron is and what he's done in youth hockey he not being able to go on performing his duties to support youth that's a real loss um real loss putting so many of the gold medal teams together coaching so many of the teams you know 80s and 90s 2000s it's it's going to be sad that he won't be continuing on but he is 75 he does want to dial back his involvement but it, it's it's a that's a big loss i mean i know the game is modernizing the game is changing but if you don't have someone to relate to re, you know re, you know learn from who's got the history because we know history repeats itself. That, that's just a big loss. So anyway, that's some, some of the turmoil that's going on with USA hockey. So that's the darker side of things after we've had the lighter side of things with uh, the affiliates and the nationals going on across the country right now. I think all the boys from a national perspective that are going to the festival will be announced sometime mid June. The festival happens mid July. And we'll have more updates on that after after that happens in July. But there you have it. No interview this week. So my format has shifted. Again, looking to you to bring me some ideas. But wanted to share with you some of the stuff going on with USA Hockey, both the great stuff around the hockey itself and then some of the turmoil that's going on with USA Hockey. Because you should be aware that the organization that you're a member of, what's going on. So be sure to... Check out Katie Strang's uh, interview and then go ahead and, and check out some of the media posts around uh, the departures of all the people at the top at USA Hockey. Right now, we're on a bit of a lull here with hockey. Uh, I've uh, taken my skate son's skates away for the next few weeks. So it is summertime. It is off season. He's still doing all of the other activities that he's doing and just given giving his body a little break from the, from the skating. I'm hoping that all of you have that opportunity this summer to give to your kids, to just, you know, let their bodies and do different things. Um, do that strength training, do that wind training, play the golf, go swimming, have some fun, eat some snacks because the grind's going to start up again real soon. But for now we're on a bit of a lull and I'm going to have next week, I'm going to have a guest talking about what you can do during that lull. In the meantime, just remember, we did choose the Jets over the Oilers. I am so sorry, Amy, that Caleb isn't playing and his season is over, but maybe that means you get to see him and his puppy whiskey back in Dallas. 
and uh, that Seth should be coming home soon too. We'll we'll catch up with you in another week or two to see how our picks have fared. Carolina Carolina has moved on, and that is one of my picks. Denver has moved on. That's another one of my picks. Toronto is leading the series against the Canadiens. Probably going to have quite the bloodbath going on. Tampa Bay has moved on at this point. So nothing like the playoffs. The playoff hockey has been insane. So fun and absolutely loving seeing all the fans back in the stadiums. And I do have this to say. This just came across my mind. Those fans go not so. Absolutely not so, right? Why are we so quiet? Why are we so quiet? I'm going to ask this because on Saturday, I'm going to lay this little play out for you. On Saturday, kid coming down the ice in a game that I was watching, youth hockey game, came down, had the puck, made the shot, saved by the goalie's right leg, but the puck went up in the air. The kid had enough hand-eye coordination and awareness where he caught the puck in the air popped it up once off his stick, it hit a stick again and put it in behind the goalie for a goal. I'm standing right on the glass, you know, front row seat to see this and I'm start banging on the glass and cheering because it was amazing. And it was dead silence around me. Now this, of course, this was going through that whole district thing where it was individual effort. It wasn't a team thing, blah, blah, blah. This wasn't even my kid, but it was a kid that I knew and I know very well. And I turn around and the guys behind me are saying, so is that your son? I'm like, no, but that was one heck of a goal. I couldn't help but cheer. And they just started laughing. They're like, well, we don't really cheer here. And I'm like, well, I was a professional cheerleader. I was paid to cheer. So I will be cheering. I guess to each his own. I don't care what other people think. I love cheering for great plays, no matter who the kid is that's out there doing it. It's just super, super, super fun to watch good hockey. And I'll tell you that Sunday game, that was some of the best hockey I've watched, even though it was you know, mostly individual efforts. There was a ton of team play, but the pace of the game, it was like playoff hockey for the NHL right there in front of me at the youth level. It was super fun watching that. So if you have a chance in your area to go to the districts, even if your kid's not in it, go to those Sunday games and just watch because those are the best kids in your district. Sometimes they get it wrong. Sometimes they get it right. So bear that in mind as to, you know, to who's in that Sunday game and who goes to who goes to the festival. The game itself is so much fun to watch. So I completely encourage you, especially if you've got littles who are dreaming of wanting to play for their country one day and or just wanting to watch high level players at the youth level. That's really, really a great way for them to 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 bridge the gap between going to your professional game and then watching the youth play because that feels more attainable for your littles so that they're able to like say, Hey, yeah, I want to be like so-and-so. And And it it just feels more attainable because they can actually, you know, see the kid and watch him and get to know him. But anyway, I think I have talked long enough. We're on a little bit of a lull. However, consistency, my number one goal, community is your number one goal. Send me details, send me information. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you listen to and please rate my podcast so that I can continue to climb up and build that community. Well, thanks for listening, ladies. Hopefully you learned something new this week and I will see you at the rink.